0: Right, it's Mark Mason back with episode two of Trust and Hustle. Quick update on Life on the Verge, man, we had some incredible sessions uh, or events last week at Baker Reentry. Most of those guys are getting out very, very soon, and so we want them to get out following Jesus and not doing the dumb stuff that got them in prison in the first place. Uh, and so thank you for putting us there to share our testimony, to encourage them. And uh, then we also did uh, Baker Main Unit, which was right next door. Uh, those are more long-term guys, but man, that, that house was packed to the walls. Um, and so it was an incredible time. I tell you. One of the, uh, and I don't say this to boast at all, I say this because this is what the chaplain said to me. We once again had an assistant warden sit through the entire program, stick around and chat with us, and uh, that's very unusual, by the way. And uh, so the chaplain comes up to me, and we're just talking about things in general, the prison and COVID stuff that went on there. And and, uh, he said, you know, the thing is about your ministry is that a lot of people do prison ministry because it's the only thing they can do. They really couldn't uh, be successful on the outside. And then you guys come in here, and I really think that you catch the guys off guard because it's such a quality program, and they're just not accustomed to that. Now, that's that's cool. It's also sad, you know, to think like that. I mean, hey, that's all right. It, it, you know, if— I, And I don't say that in a boastful way. I just want you to know that we intentionally try to just bring the best that we can bring. By that, I mean, Susan and I could literally do what we do by simply walking into a prison with a Bible and an acoustic guitar, plugging into their sound system. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're junk. uh, And and just doing acoustic music. But instead, uh, we push in about 500 pounds of gear, and we set it all up, and we tune it all up, and we bring backing tracks. And we try to give them the same quality program that we would put on in a mega church somewhere. Um, we 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 could get away with less, but I just think that's dishonoring, and I don't think God's going to honor us. And so, thank you when we ask for funds to buy new equipment, or you know, we get out here and we travel and we do what we do. Um, I just want you to know that we're that. I didn't ask for that compliment, by the way. The chaplain just gave it to us, uh, which is really a testament to your generosity, because it is your generosity that has helped us acquire this gear and have the time and record quality studio backing tracks. I mean, they come the backing tracks we use come straight from the albums we record in the studio, and so this... We intentionally try to make it high quality, and it was just cool to hear somebody say that. It it really meant a lot, because that's actually what we are trying to achieve, and we don't hear that very often. I mean, the guys obviously love it, and uh, we've heard compliments about our sound, and they want to find out what kind of equipment we're using and all that stuff, Um, but it's the first time I can recall a chaplain coming up and putting it quite that way, so thank you so much. Now... In some sadder news, we had a prison canceled this week. We were supposed to be at Hamilton Correctional, and they've had a COVID outbreak, and so we got canceled, and so pray for the inmates and the staff at uh, Hamilton Correctional. you know the the staff especially i guess they go they come and go and only about half the population's been vaccinated and and so there's really a lot of risk there we heard tell of a uh, one man that was 46 years old he had just got promoted to warden uh, he got COVID and he passed away before he could take his positions. That's very sad. So pray for Hamilton Correctional Institution specifically. I, you know, they said that every dorm has cases of COVID except one. So pray for them. Pray for the staff there, and pray that we can reschedule that event. So we're in part two of Trust and Hustle. In part one, we, you know, we talked about. There is a balance between the trust and the hustle. And so uh, in part two, I, I think we, we talked a lot about rest was how we show our trust in God, taking our hand off the wheel and resting, the importance of solitude. It's, it's okay. You know, there's a fine line between... Rest, healthy rest, and sloths, and and only you can find that line, but uh, sometimes we can be so busy hustling that we don't take time to rest, and that's where burnout comes from, and uh, resting. That's why God gave us the instruction to take a Sabbath. It was made for you. You know, take a day a week and and just relax. Focus on me. um, Focus on just... uh, recuperating, relaxing, and uh, resetting for the the coming week. And that wasn't given to us as a legalistic thing. It was given to us as um, a gift. It was made for us, Jesus said, not us for the Sabbath. And, and God modeled it not because He needed rest, but because He wanted to show us, this is how you were made. You were made to rest. So, in part, Two, I, I want to talk a little more about the hustle because, you know, I can talk a, a lot about the hustle. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm starting a new book. Lord willing, I'll really get a lot of that done while we're on the road uh, this time out. I'll talk more about that in a second. But when it comes to hustle, one of my favorite verses is Proverbs 21, 31. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. And here we're talking about a, a battle horse, um, maybe you've seen the engravings, uh, you know, on the walls from from you know ancient days of uh, of some soldier or warrior on a chariot. Uh, Solomon, who wrote this, was was a horse trader, and he imported horses from Egypt and Asia Minor. It says in 1 Kings ten twenty six he accumulated fourteen hundred chariots and twelve thousand horses, which he kept in the chariot cities and also with him in Jerusalem horses were used almost exclusively back then for military purposes and so he was talking about preparing this horse and perhaps the chariot for the day of battle that 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 is he was saying look that's up to us to prepare the horse for battle ultimately we don't control the outcomes we we you know I was in the book I'm writing I, I talked about Tom Brady and uh, I know you may be a Brady hater that's okay maybe you're a Brady lover but if you recall in 2017's uh, Super Bowl the Patriots were down 25 to three or something like that uh, at the halftime now can you imagine this is the two best teams in the league. I know you may not be a foot you may be a football hater but just hear me out okay they were down 25 to three. that's a lot at halftime the odds of coming back from that now if you were playing one of the worst teams in the league you might have good odds but you're playing one of the best the two best teams are playing the super bowl so the odds of coming back against them are very very low yet that's exactly what brady and the team did brady threw for 466 yards and they won in overtime i believe it was 34 to 28 the the greatest comeback in the history of Of the Super Bowl. That stuff just blows me away to think about. Well, Brady really didn't control, or the Patriots didn't control, Belichick didn't control the outcome of that game. But what they did control is all the training they put into getting there, perfecting their expertise, and getting out there and hustling and doing their part. and, and that is, our. we can't control the outcomes. We don't know that we're always going to be successful. Victory rests with the Lord. But our goal is to hustle and get the horse ready for battle. The soldier has a role. God has a role. We don't control the outcomes, but we do control the preparation. Zig Ziglar, the motivational speaker, uh, is credited with saying, success occurs when opportunity meets preparation. So we do need to hustle. Part of the hustle is things like planning. Proverbs 16.1 says, The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Proverbs 16.9 says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And so the plans belong to us. You know, God's not going to write with His holy finger on the wall exactly all the steps that you're supposed to take. He gives us a mind, He gives us an imagination. He made us in His image, so that we are creative. So we have to work on those parts of it. You know, in the uh, the book that I'm I'm. Uh, starting to write, I think the working title is Long Shot, A Dreamer's Guide to the Progressive Achievement of Worthwhile Goals. Um, I stole that little, that was, uh, I know you may not be a Pat Robertson lover, but many, many years ago, poor Pat, uh, he's done some great things with the Christian Broadcasting Network, but uh, I guess he said a few dumb things, at least that's what got highlighted in the media. Uh, But he defines success as the progressive achievement of worthwhile goals. So that's what I'm saying there. Uh, long shot, meaning that God loves to take uh, people that the world has counted out and uh, and just do a miracle with their life. And we love those stories too, don't we? We love when the the loser seems to be down and out. There's no chance, and somehow, some way, by some miracle, they come back and do something magnificent. And so. This is what the book's going to be about. But as I started to hustle in that direction, I realized that uh, I wanted to learn the writing program, Scrivener. And I don't know if you're familiar with Scrivener. I've I've had it on my computer for, shoot, three or four years, probably. And uh, I've never really sat down and took a course on Scrivener. Uh, I've done it for Logic or Logic Pro. I've done it for Final Cut. to learn the skills get the horse ready for battle and so i'm eyeball deep in learning how to use this application uh and the older i get it seems like the harder well it is actually a fact of uh, uh what's the word biology i guess that your your mind doesn't uh, knit the pieces together and remember as well the older you get so <coughs> excuse me it is a challenge to get the horse ready for battle, but I see the book as a weapon. I don't control the outcome ultimately, but I do control whether or not I write the book, whether I learn the skills, acquire what I need to accomplish the writing of the book. So, you know, it begins with a goal and then it goes to a plan. Well, how am I going to accomplish this thing? What tools do I need? What do I need to do? And really putting your nose to the grindstone and hustling. So again, I could talk all day long about hustling and that's really a lot of what this book is going to be about is the importance of the hustle. I find a lot in prison ministry um, that, that that there's a lot of, of folks that come in and bring the heavy spiritual side of things. Although, what I'm talking about with this hustle stuff is spiritual, too. We don't think of it that way sometimes. We think of it as self-help or something like that. Um, but there are biblical principles that I want to share about the hustle. The practical application... That's what this podcast is all about, is, is kind of like, okay, w- we know that Jesus saves us not just from something, he saves us from all the adversary would like to do with the rest of our lives, but he also saves us to something, and what is that something, and how do I unpack that something? What are the practical things that I can do to get the horse ready for battle? You know, getting the horse ready for battle is a practical thing. That Solomon's talking about, that, that there are steps, there are skills that need to be acquired in order to do that, to prepare a horse or a horse and chariot for battle, to build that thing and get it ready to go out to battle. There's a lot of practical application that has to take place. And so much can be said about the hustle, but it has to be balanced with the trust. I've heard it said, uh, Work like it everything depends on you, but trust like everything depends on God. Something like that. So ultimately, we have to trust that if I will just do the things that God has put on my heart, even if I fail, He will use that thing. Um If I will hustle in the direction of my dreams and my goals, as I delight myself in the Lord, God-honoring, God-glorifying. You know, the the Word says in Matthew chapter 5 that we are salt, but if salt loses its saltiness, what good is it except to be trampled underfoot? Uh, Then Jesus went on to say, you know, we're the light of the world, and nobody puts a basket or a bushel over a light. Rather, they put it in the center of the room to light up the whole room. And he closes that out by saying, uh, let, let people see your good works, that they may glorify God in heaven. So we should be all about the hustle and doing good works and making sure the salt stays salty and making sure the light stays shining brightly for others to see. And I believe we do that through the hustle. We do that through creativity. We do that through unpacking our our, our dreams and our visions, trusting that even if I'm... I'm missing the mark here. I'm going in the wrong direction that God will steer. But sometimes people never even start the car, so to speak. They never move in the direction of their dreams and their goals. They never start the hustle because they don't trust God enough to steer. Acts chapter 16, I don't have the verses in front of me, and I'm very confident I've shared this story several times, but... In that account, Paul is leading his team, you know, on a missionary journey, and they try to go into city A, and it says the Holy Spirit wouldn't let them. And so they turn back, and they say, well, it wasn't A. Maybe we should go to city B. And they start going to that city, and it says the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them. I don't know exactly what that means, except that perhaps the peace lifted. You know, I've talked about, uh, there's a scripture that talks about the peace of God, will rule in your hearts and that word rule means umpire sometimes we just know we 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 put all the pieces together the best we can and we take a step in a di- direction that we think is the right direction that's what Paul and his team did and as I understand it, it, it this wasn't like cities that were next door to each other these cities were hundreds of miles apart that they tried to go into and all we can assume is that the peace of God left. They just knew in their hearts, by the Holy Spirit, we're not supposed to go into this city. And so sometimes God steered, but they were in motion. They were in motion. They trusted God enough to say, if we'll just keep moving, God will land us in the right place. And if you read that account, it says that Paul had a dream after the first two failed attempts about a man from Macedonia calling him, saying, come over here and help us. They got up the next day and concluded Hmm, it wasn't A, it wasn't B, let's try C. And they went into Macedonia, and that's where most of the churches of the New Testament ended up being planted. It's where much of the New Testament comes from, the letters, the epistles. And so sometimes we don't hustle because we don't trust God enough to steer. We, we're, we're afraid to take the risk. You know, when people ask the question, and I've heard it so many times as a, a pastor, you know, I just want to know God's will for my life. Well, God's will is that we be His. That's the start. You know, Rich Mullins, the great uh, contemporary Christian songwriter, who's gone to be with the Lord, he used to sign his autograph, "Be God's." In other words, belong to God. That's that's God's will for your life. Well, okay, I get that. What they really mean sometimes is, tell me. What low-risk, high-yield thing I can do. The thing that's going to cost me the, less, the, the least, but give me the most, that I'm guaranteed the outcome. Well, I can't tell you that. You know, discovering God's will for your life uh, and purpose, His calling. You know the word uh, calling and vocation. They kind of come from the same place, by the way. Um I can't, I can't tell you that. that. That comes from walking with God. That comes from studying. That comes from you know, reading books and going, listening to sermons and, and a lifetime of putting the pieces together. I can't tell you that it often begins with a dream, with a motive. With a motive, well, I want to glorify God. Well, what do I have to work with? It's kind of like looking in the kitchen cabinets when you're about to fix dinner having you come up with some creative things to eat when when you knew you needed to make a, a trip to the grocery store uh, and you were low on groceries and you started looking, hmm, and maybe I could put these things together and come up with something worth eating. I don't know if you've been there, but we've been there a few times. And, uh, and sometimes that's what it's like. It's, it's, well, what do I have to work with? <clears throat> let, me, let me start there. Let me start putting the piece, pieces together. And uh, maybe it will come out a delicious meal Maybe it will come out like the time that I made my family what I called spaghetti boats. I I thought it was a good idea. We had some biscuits. We had the ability to make spaghetti. I think we had some tomato sauce and we had some uh, noodles. And I cooked the spaghetti and then I put the spaghetti in the biscuits and cooked them in the oven thinking, hey, novel idea, right? Something new, something different. And they were dry bricks. It was horrible. Sometimes we don't control the outcome. At least I made an attempt and I learned, never mind the spaghetti boats, that doesn't work. So uh, we've got to hustle. We've got to get the horse prepared for battle. But we also have to trust God that, um, you know, he will steer if I will just get in motion. Sometimes we sit around and we wait for inspiration Where's where's the trust in that to say you know what Lord I'm gonna start I'm gonna start I'm gonna delight myself in you I'm gonna examine the de- desires of my heart Psalm thirty seven four says delight yourself in the Lord He'll give you the desires of your heart in other words He'll cause you to want the things that are going to bring convergence that are going to cause the pieces of your life to come together your skills your abilities your personality um, your experiences. You know, when Susan and I look at what we do to get together today, I mean, we're almost four decades deep in this walking with Jesus thing, and it took nearly three to start seeing the pieces come together. How, oh my gosh, he's taking this, you know, skill of being able to play an instrument and sing and songwrite, this um, acquired skill of being able to do some public speaking, He's taking that together with our our past experiences, where we come from, and it's it's created kind of a niche. But it's taken a long time of of chasing after God and working that hustle and often trusting him that if I take this risk, Lord, you know, I mean, I frequently pray before I take a risk. I, I say, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. Bid me come. That's what Peter said. When he was in the boat, and uh, and he wanted to go out to see Jesus, he said, "If it's you, bid me come." And so, haven't always got it right, uh, but you know, back when I was a youth pastor in Hedgesville, West Virginia, I had an opportunity to take a position uh, that really lined up with a lot of what I just talked about—our our background and our skills—and and it it paid just as well or better. And I was in a really bad spot at this church. I just didn't, you know, just a lot of challenges were happening there. And these people sought me out and asked me to come on staff there. And uh, man, we were moving in that direction, full speed, talked to my current pastor, all systems go, weeks of putting together this plan of making this transition. And at the last minute, the Holy Spirit blew the whistle and we just knew, just like the Apostle Paul talked about the Spirit of Jesus. Well, Luke wrote it, but the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let us enter the city. And uh, and we didn't take that position. And boy, are we glad we didn't. God will protect you. There's no doubt about it. He's not going to let you go off the cliff. And if he does, he's going to miraculously provide a parachute or catch you and give you a testimony. But you've got to hustle. And and part of that is trusting God enough to move, trusting God enough to take the steps necessary. You know, this past week when I uh, I knew I needed to learn Scrivener, and man, I am a I'm a stingy bloke when it comes to spending spending money for things that I, you know I want to get the most out of it. It's always a risk when you spend money, isn't it? And uh, I will overthink something to death and i ran across a course for scrivener and it was a couple of hundred bucks and man i was like uh man 200 bucks i mean it was a lot of material but then i thought i prayed about it and i said well lord i'm gonna take this risk and you know what It, it could have turned out to be a lesson learned in a horrible course but it turned out to be an amazing course um learn scrivener fast by a guy named joseph michael um Wonderful. If you're trying to learn Scrivener, it's it's a great, great, great course, chock full of material. But it was a risk to do that, and perhaps I would have walked away going, "Mm, "That was two hundred dollars wasted." Well, not really. I learned, you know, not to not to take a course from Joseph Michael and do a little more research on finding the right course. I hope I'm making sense here. The balance between trust and hustle. The the hustle part of it we've got to get the horse ready for battle we've got to but we are actually even to do that we have to trust that it's worth getting the horse ready for battle that that we're going to trust that god will bring victory one way or another god will take me to the place i need to be if i will do my part and so what is it that you need to do to unpack your dreams and desires today. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you money. It's going to take risk. It's going to take vulnerability. It's going to take stepping out there and potentially making a fool of yourself, perhaps. You know, when we launched Life on the Verge, uh, you know, part part of the hustle for me and part of the trust for me was that if I'll do my part, God will make a way. When we started Life on the Verge, my first... Uh, trip out was to Sturgis, and uh, that's where things really began to unfold. I was still a pastor, and I was remained a pastor for a few more months. But when finally the, the tether was uh, cut, so to speak, and now my wife was working full-time, and I was trying to make a go at starting this ministry... Uh, I, I would go out. My first trip out was to Daytona Bike Week and then a couple of prisons with my friend Tony Loeffler. And at that point, I hadn't done any prisons. But uh, the first trip was, uh, the first stop was Daytona Bike Week. And I got there and, man, I was, I was staying in a tent. Well, I spent a couple of nights on a church floor and then staying in a tent. I probably talked about that before in order to make that trip because we just didn't have the funds. But I believed so much in what we were doing that I would pick up the phone and cold call pastors, Um, some I I knew, some I vaguely knew, and ask them for money and say, would you please help us? We feel a call. And you know, back then, it wasn't clear, the prison ministry part of it wasn't that clear. It was just evangelism. We feel like we're supposed to go out and play music and, and lead people to Christ somehow. And I don't even know exactly what that looks like, but... So it was really difficult for me to articulate the vision with a lot of clarity. That got more and more clear as as we moved forward. But I was cold calling these pastors and asking for money. And, you know, 99.9% of them, I think all of them, turned me down. And, man, you know, it it, it I had to make myself vulnerable. Let me tell you, I am natu- naturally kind of prideful in that way. You know, I, I look I pull pull myself up by my bootstraps and I'll make my own way. You know, I've I've been working uh, a job since I was like 14, full-time since I was 16, you know, and I don't I don't need you. I'll go out and make my own way. I kind of get that spirit once in a while. I, not as much these days, but definitely it was a big challenge to make myself that vulnerable and make those phone calls. And basically feel like I was, you know, begging people to help me. But I trusted that if I would do my part, that I was doing my best to put the pieces together and hustle and get the horse prepared for battle. That if I would trust God enough to do all that I could do, that he would make a way. And uh, the money did come in to get this ministry off the ground. It came from all kind of crazy places. You know, it was almost as if those phone calls were God saying, nope, don't go into that city. You know, that's not going to work. And, you know, to this day, um, I think there's about a half a dozen churches that support us, um, which is unusual. A, a lot of ministries, missionary-type ministries, have dozens of churches that give them a little bit. They don't have much relationship. And and that's great if you start out, you know, uh, Raising your budget before you ever hit the mission field, and you make it your goal to itinerate a bunch of different churches and you know get a budget raised before you hit the field. That's probably the wise way to do things, but we were midstream, middle age, and uh, off we went. And so, little by little, as we hustle and trust God, if I'll do this, then I'll leave the outcome to you, God. And when we do that, and we see God's fingerprints on What we've put our hand to, it increases our faith. It causes our light to shine. It makes our salt more salty. People see our good works and look at the God in us. He is glorified through that. So I encourage you today, if you're slacking off on the hustle, get hustling, man. Look, set out to do things that you feel a desire to do as you delight yourself in the Lord. And even if you fail at it, you won't regret that you spent time doing it because you enjoyed doing it. And who knows what God might do through it. And so I encourage you, if you're slacking on the hustle part, get hustling. Uh, if you're slacking on the trust part, trust in God enough that if I'll make my move, God, I trust that you'll make your move, that you will bring the victory. And if you don't, you will even show me how to do it better through defeat. And so don't be afraid to fail, Get out there! I talked uh, a little bit in in one of the uh, pr- recent uh, episodes about the importance of shipping your work. The thing that you hope to do, the 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 calling you feel, um, you know, led to accomplish, isn't accomplished until it goes public. You know, what good is a light if it's under a basket? What good is salt if it isn't salting something? And so, I encourage you. Trust God enough to hustle. Get the horse ready for battle. Hope that helps. Talk to you soon. Sometimes fallen angels fly. I want to remind you that we're a completely donor-funded ministry. You can learn more about Life on the Verge at lifeontheverge.com. You can hear more of our music at theplunders.com or on any streaming service.